0: Listening to my but dude, you won't
1: know me. All right, I'm on my crack. I see a roof bye by Oh, TikTok pretty baby. You can get it back, don't you waste it. To grow from your past, gotta face it. Oh.
2: What's going on? This is Wally Wall Street, and welcome back to We Gotta Have It Podcast. This is episode three, and the theme of this episode is Keys to the Kingdom, inspired by T.Y. Savage. Um, salute to Toshima Jones for chopping it up, for creating, and for introducing me to this record. And also, we had like a really incredible conversation, Yeah, I'm not even going front. I think this episode is really, really fire. Um... And I know, and I'm confident, everybody's gonna feel the same way. Cause I'm just gonna let this, I'm just gonna let this episode like burn a uh, burn online for a little bit. And I know everybody's just gonna pull like I pulled from it by having this conversation with Tashima, who is the author of a new book called Trusting God Like Your Paycheck. And she also has another book that she also check out called Being Broke Made Me Rich. So in this episode, man, we talk about everything. You know, um, what not? Not almost everything, but whatever time we had, we dived into it, and it was worth it. Uh, Tashima opened up about the inspiration behind the book, you know, becoming a student of life. You know, we had a difficult, you know, conversation dealing with you know what happened with Brianna Taylor, um, how spirituality impacts everything we do in the physical. Uh, We also talked about evaluating our purpose, protecting um, our energy whether it's in business, and especially within in the bedroom. Um, we addressed childhood trauma. Um, we talked about even forgiving our parents. Um, and lastly, we, we concluded with, you know, rec- recognizing that trauma is not an event. And I'll be honest, when Toshima's gonna drop some jewels, that really, like, if I could show you the emoji with my head exploding, you know, that's how I felt, and you'll actually hear me. Like you actually hear the moment where I have like that, like eureka, I'm like oh shit, this makes so much sense. So um, it's a little embarrassing, but you know what? I'm not gonna edit the shit. I'm gonna keep it there because this show is authentic and it's real and it's uncut. So without further ado, I want you to enjoy this episode. Sit back, pour a small glass of Douce Cognac, and enjoy this incredible conversation with Toshima Jones. Welcome back to We Gotta Have It. Um, We are accompanied by a very, very, very special guest. Um, She is an entrepreneur, um, podcaster, author, life coach, um, parent as well. Uh, She is the author of a new book called Trusting God Like Your Paycheck. I would like the We Gotta Have It audience to give a warm welcome to Tashima Jones. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> what's goody how's everything moving um how's life how's how's this book how's everything just tell the people what's going on with you
0: all is well first thank you so much for for having me and considering me um you as your special guest i'm truly truly grateful uh, to be here and to be a part of your journey. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, in regards to life, um, I, I often see myself as a student of life mm. and when I wake up with that mentality, um, there's less pressure, um, right. <laughs> but it also leaves room for me to learn and to grow versus, feeling like I have control over everything. Cause I think when you feel like you have control over everything, it leads down a road of disappointment. And, um, I've faced that a lot in life. And what I've learned to do is just let go of this false sense of control and just be grateful for, for life itself and listening to life because it's truly speaking to each and every one of us. Um, and I think when you, position yourself and posture yourself in that, that way, um, life is really beautiful. despite of everything that, you know, we may see with our eyes um, and hear with our natural ears, life can truly be beautiful when you have that approach of, of being a student and not this master teacher who is like controlling everything. So yeah, life is good. That is
2: well, <laughs> well said. And I couldn't, uh, I, I I, find that myself that sometimes when you try to humble yourself and just understand that this is just part of the process and then you open your eyes and you see what you see in media, that then breaks all that, it breaks, it affects everything that you're trying to establish and you have to press the restart button um mm-hmm. more like last night with um the verdict with the Brianna Taylor case um it 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 really um it really took a toll on just how you know how, how much we've all been fighting just to get justice for not only for us but also for our loved ones um, talk to me about, you know, what you, what was your first, what were your first thoughts when you saw the news the other day?
0: Um, so first of all, I don't really watch, and this might be disappointing to some people, but I don't really watch too much TV or news. Oh, okay,
1: okay.
0: <laughs> um, and it's part of me guarding my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was a youngster, uh, I, I was very passionate about social justice and the things that were going on in the world. Um, and it stemmed from me having to deal with it on a personal level and just seeing how that projects um, into the world. So over time, I've really had to grapple with that. And one of the things that I've discovered is my place in the fight mm. and what that looks like. Um, I think sometimes when we're fighting for something, if we don't know our role in our position in that army, we can become overwhelmed. Um, so I've really, and it took a while for me to get to this place. It was like this love hate relationship. It was like, I hate what's going on. And then that compassion and that love to, to, to help and to heal it. It was just like this conflict within my soul. Um, So once again, I've learned how to position myself in the fight, and I've learned where I stand in it, and I've chosen to just put my energy into that sphere, Um, because I think one of the things we have to recognize is that this is an even greater spiritual war than it is something that we see on the the 5 sensory level. Right. Um, and I think when we start to recognize that truth, we start to understand that it's so much deeper than what we see. So, laws do not change the hearts of man, you know? So, there can be so many laws put into place and so many petitions put into place. But if the heart of the man who's causing the wickedness isn't changed, it'll just be another fight that we find ourselves in. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And while that seems so simple in my head, I'm just realizing that even those who are in the fight may not even recognize that truth, that yes, you know, uh, social justice and the legality of things and the law itself has its place. But I genuinely believe that when we start to see this as a spiritual thing um, and nothing like far out there, you know. I, I oftentimes say, you know, on my show, is that spirituality is just the invisible world. Your thoughts are spiritual. Your emotions are spiritual. Um, you can't see them, but you can feel them, and you can manifest them. Um, so all of the 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 heartache and pain and the evil that goes on in the world, regardless of where it's occurring, is first birth in the spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that's really hard to convey to people, you know, who may be experiencing these things firsthand mm. or just people in the fight, you know, it's like, well, I don't have time for this whole spiritual <laughs> talk, Yeah. but we have to really understand that ideas are spiritual. That's why ideas can outlive the man who created that idea, who man- first manifest that idea. So I think part of it is, the people who are in the fight really being able to accept that truth um, because I think our strategy would be so much more different. Um, And again, every soldier has its place. Every soldier has his or her position, you know? So I think one of the things, um, for me, I, speaking about, you know, things being in the spirit, I truly believe that uh, no, no ill will goes unpunished you know no ill will goes unpunished and the moment I started to accept that the moment I almost felt like a freedom um, from this world stage when it comes to those types of issues Mm -hmm. so whether we see that justice with our own eyes or if we never see it at all I truly believe that no ill will goes unpunished Um, So I really stand in a place of peace. Um, And again, standing in a place of peace doesn't mean that a wrong is right, but it does um, mean that there is hope. Um, And I truly believe, once again, that no ill will goes unpunished. So yeah, I think that sums it up to me, if that makes any sense.
2: (laughs) That's 100% accurate. I, um... (laughs) I think a lot of times we are so centered on getting uh, a response or real quick. We want justice, but we don't, But at times, you like you mentioned, these are spiritual. So um, when we are centered on, like, the physical and we don't show enough attention, we don't do any work in the spiritual. I think that's part of the reason why so many of our foot soldiers out there are very, very, um, frustrated and depressed mm-hmm. um, and it ties and that ties into everything i'm glad that we're having this conversation about spiritual warfare and we're and we're i don't think we don't hear that enough i don't think too many times and i guess you know i don't want to be one of those guys that just blame everything on media and social and you know with our devices and all that however you know when
1: mm-hmm.
2: when there's just so much money to be gained when you just focus on the physical and in these times and when you're talking about like um, how people are trying to ways to you know um, expand their territories I think a lot of us are putting our are sacrificing our spirit just for the physical just for a quick um, for short term you know gain in this space and one thing I love about this book um, is it really reminds me about how, you know, so many times like you, you, especially if you're like, um, I'm like, I'm a first generation, like, you know, Haitian American and my parents have like, you know, have always, you know, worked hard and, and applied some of these like blue collar behaviors to like, um, trying, I, I blue collar mindset into like, you know, white collar mm. workspace. And one thing I love about this book is that you're reminding us that I am a, um, I am the heir to the king. Right. And here I am. I don't have to it's not necessarily I don't have to work as hard. just honor rest and know that everything that I, in, in, in essence, everything that I want has already been given. I just have to just, you know, wait for I get it. I wait for my time when it's my time to be the next on the throne. Um, tell me about like, at what, when did you start? When did you begin to like really realizing that in your life where it inspired you to create this book?
0: Hmm. So the description says it took 13 years to write this
2: book. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Okay. And that was, not necessarily the physical work. It was more of living out what's in the book. Um, So for me, it literally was around the time um, when I had my son. And I remember just, you know, sitting down and just trying to figure out myself, you know, trying to figure out why I was here. You know, those big questions of what's my purpose and why am I here? And it really led me on this journey of personal discovery, mm-hmm. um, through God discovery, mm-hmm. and with that, I started to just get in alignment and get into agreement with my purpose and with the call in my life and with um, with God, you know. And I think that's the key: it's being in alignment, and when we recognize once again that sense of control that we think we have. And when we are able to let that go, we kind of are ushered into this this lane that was literally carved out for us. And um, over time, I think, you know, sometimes you hear things, you even say things, you even meditate on things, but you don't fully accept them and agree with them with your soul. And what I mean by that is that, you know, we can have affirmations and we can meditate and we can do all of these things, but over time, your soul has to fall in alignment and in agreement with those things that you are confessing with your words um, and even with your thoughts. So it literally took me a long time to believe the things that I was saying and to believe the things that I was hearing And this book is actually my second book. And it's a follow-up to my first, which is Being Broke, Made Me Rich. Mm -hmm. And that book really was my journey, um, the beginning of that journey. You know, I slept on a few couches before and I've lived in like six different states in like three months. Mm -hmm. And all I thought I needed was a job. Right. (laughs) Like literally, I thought, you know, the work and the money and the job would save me, you know. And what happened was as I started to become, in, you know, get into agreement, into alignment with spirit, I started to recognize financial increase, whether it was a stranger who gave me $700, literally never met this person in my life. And um, I don't want to go into too much detail, right, right. but it's in, it's in being broke, made rich. And just I started to see like how I was being provided for without working, without having an income, oh. with having a crappy uh, credit score. Yes. Like I started to see provisions show up in the form of what it was that I needed and not necessarily the, the cash, you know, and that just continuing to follow that voice and continuing to follow that spirit, it just it solidified that truth of being an heir it solidified that truth of already being wealthy and be when you are in alignment with that truth and you find your purpose and you find your calling and most importantly you establish that relationship with spirit you literally see how wealthy you already are Mm. um so uh, i started this book the physical writing of it uh, like two or three years ago and it never stuck. And I'm just like, okay, I sat myself down and I was like, I'm going to do it. And it literally came out totally different than how I started it two or three years ago. <laughs> um, so I'm really, I'm just grateful to just, I guess be a vessel to just share those those truths, you know, and to be able to say like, I live this out every day is just like the, the icing on the cake.
2: It's a great, great read. I highly recommend everyone um, to pause the podcast, <laughs> go on, app, go on <laughs> to Shima's website, and purchase um, Trusting God Like Your Paycheck. And also, I got to read uh, Being Broke Made Me Rich. I, I ordered that. Didn't start there, but I, but I probably should have read that first before I moved to... <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to take a brief timeout, and I wanted to... Acknowledge the ladies in the room. Thank you so much for your overwhelming support. This episode couldn't be done without you. Now, while you're listening to this dope conversation with Tashima and I, I also want you to pop open your laptop and type in mulanvbeauty.com. That's mulanvbeauty.com. Mulanv is offering premium hair extensions, cosmetics, styling products, and more. So sit back, relax, listen to this. Excellent conversation with Tashima and I And also, visit MulanVBeauty.com and get some new Product, alright, thank you so much Back to the show But I was just so excited with the title And it, it and it's like I, I It spoke to me because there's so many Times I would just, just focus on You know, alright, like you mentioned Alright, finding the right job Finding the right career opportunities to, Believing that's going to answer all, right And then when you start Um acknowledging and seeing God work in mysterious ways right then you're like well wait a minute Mm -hmm. it's easier to to be not focused and and think that you have everything under control just know that you're just part of the process and I know when I became a dad that became more real than ever I was so scared seeing this little Mm -hmm. mama come into this world now now she is looking at me the way I look at the most high. Um, but I think this podcast is really bringing everything back home. So I thank you for your, you know, for putting this mm. truth out. Um, for helping others like myself who are just trying to, you know unpeel certain things about themselves to find their, you know, their core selves and to share that with the next generation. Um, but yeah, so um I think one of the things that I know is very tough, you know, as someone who stands on your truth and you have your belief is finding the right match and finding someone who you either want to do business with, um, that you see an opportunity or somebody that, you know, want to be, um, you know, Hey, this person might be somebody that I could see as a life partner. Uh, now this is a dating podcast as well. Um, as well as we, you know, we, we, so we shine some light to, to a lot of the, trivial thing that are happening in like this time in this 21st century um i think i think it's called i was having a conversation with a good friend of mine about um something called the um when there's when we're too overwhelmed with the devices that we have and we have all these dating apps and stuff i think we have all these options um it affects the way we look and define ourselves and as someone who is um building a structure and then also trying to find the right people to add to your business and also to find, you know, someone, or maybe you have somebody right now who you're trying to have build a life with. How important is it for you to protect your energy and your space as you grow?
0: Hmm. That's a good question. (laughs) I was not expecting that. (laughs)
2: You know, you know, I'm taking a few notes. You know?
0: Oh, Protecting my energy when it comes to relationships or business or both? Both. Okay. Um, so I'll start with business. Okay. Protecting my energy when it comes to business. I really, really believe in the power of prayer.
1: Okay.
0: Um, and my prayers have changed over the years. Before it was just like a wish list, but now it's like, give me wisdom, give me discernment. Should I work with this person? should i pass on this opportunity should i take this opportunity again stay in line with that power of agreement with with alignment um and I, and one of the things i think we fail to realize in business is that business is just as spiritual as anything else like you are literally entrusting someone with something that you believe in you know with something that many of us have worked 10 20 50, you know 30 years to build so you have to uh, be able to connect with the people that you work with you know one of the, the interview questions that Oprah asks people coming on is well what's your spiritual practices not your religion but what is your spiritual practice this is in a job interview you know um, so I think when we start to recognize that truth and that power Even our business, you know, will succeed, which is a huge part of our journey. What we create, what we produce, what we manifest, what we put our hands to. Um, So when it comes to business, first, I had to recognize who I was in business. Um, I think when I first really started to go hardcore, I was just trying to jump at every opportunity. I was just trying to be at every networking event. I was just trying to be everywhere, post 8,000 times a day. Like, I was just trying to do too much. And again, the more I discovered who I was in that space of um, business, I started to recognize, well, what is it that Tashima would do? You know, how would she put on an event? How would, you know, she create whatever it is that she's creating? Um, And that's really helped me um, to focus my energy and to really harness that energy and put it into the right things and into the right people. So as far as me building business relationships, I take that same concept and just being discerning um, and standing in my truth, because when you stand in your truth, you'll attract or repel the people who are supposed to be there and who aren't supposed to be there. So sometimes your energy is what's protecting you. You know what I mean? Versus you protecting your energy. Your energy is really warding off the people that you're not supposed to be around. Um, and, and and it's also bringing in those people who are supposed to be on board. And I've met some amazingly wonderful people along the way, uh, people who I couldn't pay a few years ago, I'm able to cut a check for now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just think that we really have to listen to our energy and listen to how we feel around certain people. and how, you know, certain people's text messages sound and certain people's emails sound. Like, when we start to listen to our energy and let that be our guide versus trying... Because I think one of the things about protecting yourself, sometimes you can build a wall versus a gate. You know, like, gates, they open and close walls. Nobody can get through them, and you can't get out of them. So I think when we really start to just be open to the people who do come to us, um, and then make a discerning decision. Um, I think that really proves to be profitable. Um, and the same thing applies to your relationships.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk. <laughs>
0: So um, what I have learned is that relationships are very much like businesses, you know, and I think we are more protective of our business than we are with our bedrooms and our relationships. That is a
2: hundred (laughs) percent.
0: So for me, I really, I mean, again, once again, just allowing my energy to protect me versus trying to protect my energy. Um, And again, knowing who I am and just, I think, one of the struggles I had that I'm literally just being freed from is just value and self-worth.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I think oftentimes we are looking for someone else to like us when we don't really like ourselves.
1: Right.
0: Um, right. Right.
1: That's a far, oh, that's
0: a far. <laughs> <laughs> so I think um, when it comes to relationships, like I'm single mm-hmm. right now um, and complete Single and complete, by the way. Right. (laughs) Um, And I really, I think that when we are finding ourselves and when we are being truthful to ourselves and being honest with ourselves, we can then attract that person who is able to speak to that same truth and treat us the way that we are treating ourselves. I've had some reckless relationships. Mm. And... What I have realized, though, is that they were just a mirror to my soul and to my own thoughts towards myself. Um, I remember this one time when someone was just coming for me. And I was like, wow. Like, I feel like I was just like, these are the same things that you say to yourself in your mind all of the time. Somebody else is just giving voice to those things. Um, So I really think that when you start to again, let your energy filter through um, your relationships. You are able to see some things about yourself that you may need to work on or um, see the beauty in who you are. And and because in that same relationship, I also saw how much I could love a person, you know, like genuinely love a person, like be there even when you don't want to be there, but knowing that this was your position and your purpose for this moment, Mm. Um, So, yeah, protecting your energy and relationships, I'm going to spin that around, allowing your energy to protect you in relationships, um, is really just this matter of being open to who and what is staring you in the face and just standing in that transparency of of making a decision, like, is this what I want or is this not what I want? Um, But again, going back to your core and knowing who you are, I think that always saves us from a lot of heartache and pain.
2: <laughs> it's a hundred percent true. And it's very troubling um, when you are dealing with people who just don't see that same value and it's heartbreaking, you know, cause it's like, you know, things can be much better um, as far as how you and I are experiencing this world. But that is a hundred percent true. I love the fact that you mentioned that, you know, you were a single and complete and the first episode was with my brother and he mentioned how like in a space where, you know, you know, while he's in a process of like, you know, building his relationship, he's also realizing that he has to do a lot of inner child work so that as Mm. he grow with his fiance so that they can create a very strong foundation where there isn't any issues, you know, where you fall into like, you know, crazy arguments or divorce and all stuff like that and i that was the first time i've ever heard something like that so i wanted to ask you have you ever um heard of inner child work and is that something that's that speaks to you in your process of you know finding a right partner whether business or romance or, or romance so yes okay
0: the five-year-old self is like my best friend. <laughs> um, it's so interesting that you asked that question because I recently had um, this dream about the little girl, me. And she was just so cool. She was just so calm. She was so confident. Um, and she was whole. And that person is still on the inside, you know? And it just allowed me to tap in even deeper to that core and um, I always say that we don't wake up at 18 or 21 depending on where you deem adulthood begins Mm -hmm. and become adults. like from the moment we're born we are becoming you know we're becoming adults and those things that we experience in our childhood does it, it, it impacts and it influences who we are as adults so really it's kind of like elementary school being the hardest phase of our education yeah like elementary school is the hardest because you're learning everything for the first time yes yes <laughs> you know all of these concepts are so new and you have to study and it's like oh it's just not me playing all day it's like really work so um i think the same is true for our our personal development and our personal growth all of those paradigms and schemas and behaviors and patterns of being where we're, we inherited those things from the environments mm-hmm. that we grew up in and you know if we don't grow through those things those things stay stuck inside of our bodies and in our emotions and there has to be the sense of release and that release can look like forgiveness that release can look like learning the lesson that release can be just destroying the pattern altogether, but it's so important for us to deal with um, the childhood trauma that we may have experienced, or simply the absence of a teacher. You know, maybe you someone may have never gone through something traumatic, but maybe their dad was just at work all of, all of the time and the TV raised them more, right. you know what I mean? Right. I think just really, um, dealing with the things that were in our environments as we were as children um, and seeing how those things impact us as adults, especially when it comes to relationships, because once again, we are just going to mirror what we saw. And um, and even, you know, the, the opposite of mirroring mirroring what we saw is us not trying to be like what we saw. And sometimes that can take you to the other end of the spectrum where you're just living and operating um, in this, in this, uh, this mind frame or this mindset of running away from your childhood. And I'm not going to be like my mother. I'm not going to be like my father, Mm -hmm. but it's still not a healthy way to approach life because you're not being yourself. You're just trying to be the opposite of what you saw versus being your full true self. Um, so the same, you know, applies once again in business and in romantic relationships is, Dealing with um, the five-year-old self, dealing with the trauma, dealing with the unsolved mysteries of your, your adolescence, mm-hmm. and then coming into your own. Because a lot of the burdens that we carry, um, whether it's a poverty mindset when it comes to entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. or whether it's this fear of being rejected in your relationships, it's sometimes it's just other people's baggage. Sometimes it's not even what we believe. It's just because my mother said men only want this or my father was a hustler and this is the way he did it. You know, it's like sometimes it's not even about our truth. Sometimes we just need to let go of the things that we've learned in our father's house. You know what I mean? And the things that we learned in the community even that we grew up in. Um, So yeah, dealing with those issues of the past and come into some place, you know, oftentimes people look for closure, mm-hmm. um, but I like to look at it as completion, meaning, because mm. sometimes you can close the door, but it's still in that closet running around, jumping around, screaming, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's still, there. You, still, it's still it. there. you can
2: still hear it in the other side of the building.
0: Yes, <laughs> yes, you know.
2: Uh-huh.
0: So when you come to this place of wanting completion from an event or an issue or a paradigm, you're able to, that's when you're able to fully reach like the, the closing of that chapter, the closing of that book, even when you complete it, when you complete the lesson, when you complete uh, the purification, when you complete the release, then you're able to freely move into the spaces that you find yourself
2: in the present moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, but it's worth it, you know, to have that mm-hmm. completeness to be full. Um, you know, that's that's something that I'm constantly, you know, revisiting, Um, looking at my one thing you mentioned is that a lot of our fears is what our parents placed in us. And the major thing that I'm realizing is that, yes, the strategies that my parents provided for me in the 90s, um, you know, was based mm. on. The '90s. We live in. We're in 2020. Times has (laughs) changed. Therefore, we need to, you know, recalibrate and change some of these ideas and challenge them. Um, But on the child side, I saw. I don't know if you saw this video. No, you probably didn't. You know, because media isn't a stronghold, and this is smart move. Uh, But I couldn't help to see this video about this. Uh, I see these like two parents, and you know, obviously they still have an emotional connection with each other but um they were doing certain things as far as like you know you know being very aggressive towards each other arguing uh in the presence of their kid and the grandmother was involved and it and it reminded me of like you know how much of you know while I'm doing inner child work and I'm revisiting some of the stuff that I learned and I'm realizing that wasn't probably the best thing to, 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 to accept as truth. I just couldn't help to think about the the three-year-olds that were involved to see their mm-hmm. parents being in battle and how that's going to impact the way they have conversation with their partners, um, rather be romance or business or whatever. Um, and like what advice like, what is the for someone who is in the space where now they experience their parent, they experience these things, um, and now they're doing the work to like r- unlearn some of these bad habits? And mm-hmm. God, you know, God bless their parents. I know everybody is just trying to, you know, nobody's perfect, but like, what is the first thing you would recommend somebody to do to like, you know, um, break these chains, right? Uh, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I would first say isolate the event mm. and what I mean by that is we see, you know, let's say we're walking down the street and we see somebody fighting on the street we don't know these people we have no idea where they came from or where they're going we just literally see them arguing and we just continue to walk um, I think oftentimes we allow people closest to us, to be us, um, too often. Um, And what I mean by that is the decisions that your parents made are their decisions. And I think as a child, you kind of take on that identity, which I believe is just like a natural thing to do because you came out of these two people. So there is a connection. But there's a fine line between what your parents experienced in your life itself and as i mentioned earlier oftentimes we're carrying the burdens and the baggage of our parents and the people we grew up around but when we recognize that we have a specific purpose and destiny for our for ourselves we're then able to isolate the event and for me being able to do that brought so much forgiveness Mm -hmm. um, towards the adults in my family You know, because those adults have probably never dealt with their five-year-old self. They probably have a lot of toxic, uh, traumatic events that they haven't dealt with. And like you said, they are doing the best that they can. And what that means is that they are only living up to the capacity of the paradigm that they have in their mind. Like, literally, like, we are only able to do what we believe we can do. It doesn't mean that that's all we can do, but we are only living up to what we believe is the way to go. So I think when we start to isolate the event and detach ourselves from what our parents did or said, and just look at our parents for who they are and who we know for them to be, I think it just takes this burden off of you because... You are able to then say, "Okay, this was their decision. I have the power to choose what I would like to do, the parent I would like to be, the entrepreneur I believe I'm supposed to be. Then you're able to also uh, forgive them because you recognize that it wasn't a personal thing. Like I think the more in tune you become with spirit and yourself, the more you are able to see that nothing in life is personal. Everybody is operating out of their own paradigm.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: how you see yourself is not necessarily how other people are going to see you. Right. And their opinion has absolutely nothing to do with you. <laughs> right. And it's a, it's freeing because it's kind of like you get two people who come from two different countries, speak two different languages. It's like they have their way of communicating. You have your way of communicating. How, their language has absolutely nothing to do with your language and you can find a common ground and get a translator but at the end of the day your perspectives and your truths are like are expressed differently you know so i think when you experience childhood trauma and i have de- like when i went to um uh, undergrad when I was an undergrad I wanted to be a, psych- a child psychologist because I experienced so much trauma I was like I gotta protect all these babies out here Yeah,
1: because
0: yeah. I don't want them to go through anything you know um but I truly believe that when you are able to isolate the event and that comes with practice that comes with you know prayer or for that three-year-old child God willing there is a person positioned to help them heal at this level yeah versus it festering and building and growing over time because that's the other thing I feel like in certain communities and cultures we don't necessarily believe in the power of healing Good and enough. the power of counseling and the power of really working through traumatic events. Yeah. Uh, my mom passed away when I was 14 and I remember being in the adoption agency uh, my aunt adopted me and my siblings and I be- I remember the social worker you know saying well, uh, do you want counseling for them and they were like oh no and I'm like I remember that moment and at that age you know sometimes the younger you you're young but you think like you look back you're like oh my gosh I was a baby thinking I was an adult yeah. <laughs> but um I started counseling you know in my my school's counseling office you know and then when I got to undergrad I did some therapy on campus um again, Being in those spaces of traumatic events, you know, trauma isn't the event, but it's how the event impacts the person. Um, And that's so important for us to recognize because some people can go through the same thing and come out two different directions. So trauma isn't the event itself, but it's how that event impacts and influences the person experiencing it. Um, So when we're able to isolate that event and, and just see it for what it is and take ourselves out of the picture I think we just we are better for it that was my long my long
2: answer <laughs> that was well that was well said um I love I love the conclusion um you said trauma isn't the event but it's it's I'm looking
0: it's it's how, do you want me to let you say it in your own words? No, or no, or I want to hear PA? you.
2: I want to make sure because when you when you dropped that bomb, I was like, what? And I'm like, wait a minute. So while, as you speak, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. So say that mm. to me one more time so I could fully own this.
0: No problem. So trauma isn't the event, <sighs> but it's the way in which it impacts the person and experience in it. So it's how it changes your behavior, how it changes how you interact and engage with the world, even with yourself. It's how you move forward from that moment in time. Um, So so yeah, when you start to recognize that, you start to understand like, wow. I think that also gives you hope yes. because then you're able, because I think sometimes we're trying to cancel the traumatic event. We're trying to take it away and there's no way you can delete it. Mm-hmm. But when you recognize that the trauma is in how it impacts you, then you're able to unlearn. As you mentioned, that's one of my favorite terms or words. Um, you're able to unlearn mm-hmm. and you're able to start make the power is now back in your hands because, when you look at the event that's there's there's no power and in, in that because it happened right. you know so trying to erase the event or even get an apology from the person who you know the event may have come from like you're transferring your power to that event to that moment to that person but when you recognize that it's not the event it's how it impacted me how it influenced me then you're back in the power seat and you're able to move forward um in freedom and making the choices that you want to make. Then that then you could play around with the event. Okay, am I gonna take this as a lesson? Yeah. Okay, this is what I learned. All right. Thank then you start thinking. <laughs> you start you start being grateful, you know, for some of the things that you go through. Um, but overall overall, when you recognize it's how it impacts you, um, there's so much freedom in that and it gives you the the ability and the power to decide how you move forward from it.
2: Unbelievable. Um, that's, that's very, um, that's extremely helpful. Um, and very, um, very, it's very necessary, you know, cause what having that event replaying that event and not even making any, um, strides to really just say, Hey, it happened now it's you to have ownership and to change and unlearn what you learned, what you got from that experience is a hundred percent wow um this is th- I I'm'm I'm, I'm lost for words um, at <laughs> yeah but it's this is what this podcast is for you know and I thank you for sharing um, your 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 growth through through writing through podcasting through coaching um, how can the people uh, where can the people find you where can the people purchase the book tell us all your um your your infos.
0: Okay. Thank you so much. Once again, I truly, truly appreciate just sharing this space, sharing our energy. Like this has truly been um, a joy for me, a joy. Um, And everyone can find me on TashimaJones.com, all of my social media, contact information, books, philanthropy. I also have a publication that I just released. It's called Curated. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a Shima Jones publication and it actually shares life skills and my passion for art. Mm. Um, so if anybody has, you know, artwork that they want to feature um, just let us just know um, this is my first issue. It's like a soft launch. You are the first to hear about it. Um, nice.
2: <laughs> We're breaking news. You got to have the podcast breaking news. <laughs> <What's up? laughs>
0: So, yeah, once again, everything about me can be found on TashimaJones.com.
2: Wonderful. Tashima, thank you again. Um, Much, much, much love and much respect. I will certainly be tuning in, everybody. Go into TashimaJones.com books, grab you a couple of books and go through the process of relearning and unlearning because it's going to be, it's worth it. It's worth the. it's worth the experience. It's worth the journey. Um, you deserve it. Your loved ones deserve it. So Tashima, thank you so much for sharing your story.
0: Oh, thank you. Much success, love, and happiness to
2: you. So there you have it, folks. A very intense, real conversation between Toshima Jones and I. And I would like to thank her again for her time and for her presence. Be sure you to follow her on Instagram at Tashima Jones Media, all one word, that's Tashima Jones Media. And also follow us on Instagram. Um, We Gotta Have It Podcast is on Instagram. Or you can follow your host, your boy, Wally Wall Street, on Instagram. Yeah, and and be sure to check out our website. We Gotta Have It Podcast for everything. We Gotta Have It Related. And also, be sure to subscribe to our notification when you visit our website. Um, When you do so, you'll get episode four when it's up you'll be we'll let you know what the theme is and if there's any events that we might be having you'll be the first to know and you don't even have to really be on our in our on our social media you could just subscribe to our notification on we gotta have it.com. and every time there's news i will be sure to send it out and you will get a notification whether on your desktop or on your mobile device but yeah thank you so much for your time have a wonderful week. And look out for episode four.